In the South especially, little boys love their mamas. And my ninth grade boy is no different. But letting him grow up into a man during this adolescent phase has been no easy task. I've had the privilege of watching my own son willingly stay in a tough place this summer, knowing the work is not even finished yet. Hang with me for just a few minutes here on episode 36 of Honey Hush, and let me get real vulnerable and a little bit deep to encourage you that if my ninth grade boy can find the motivation in himself for better, certainly you can expect a version of this from your children too. Because when the leader gets better, everyone wins. And by leader, I'm referring to you, Mama. You're the parent, and you make the rules. So when you get better at your role as a parent, it's your entire family that wins. Welcome to Honey Hush, the podcast for up-and-coming and established leaders alike. Every week, we discuss how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you are a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush is for you. Now here are your hive hostesses, three Southern businesswomen who know a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees, Lacey, Michelle, and Elizabeth. Before we get started today, did you know that Lacey, Michelle, and I will come to your event and be the keynote speakers? We actually have a little practice under our belts now, and we're ready to bring our message of kindness and leadership to your stage. If that's something that you're interested in knowing more about, please send us an email to honeyhushhive at gmail.com. Let me preface everything that I'm about to share today with the fact that my parenting, or lack thereof, very well may be the reason my son ended up where he's at this summer. I am by no means the expert or perfect or anything even sort of close to any of those words when it comes to parenting. It's just I've been in the game for a little bit. My son, my oldest, is 15, and I just have a little bit of, I guess, a reference point to kind of share from, you know, from my heart. My son, Parker, he's at a military camp. He's at an army-ran military camp, like the real thing, very much authentic to what somebody would go to, you know, after they enlist at 18, but it's a shorter amount of time. Like, for instance, the boot camp, it was only two weeks, not 10 weeks, and in our family, we don't give up on much of anything. Sometimes that's a good thing, and at times, it's the very death of us. For my kids, they're excellent negotiators to the point that their relentlessness, that's a hard word to say, relentlessness lands them in time out, or what I like to refer to as time up. They get it honest, so I don't have much of a tolerance for replicating myself, not once, but three times, y'all. All three of my children are A-type, natural-born leaders with very strong wills. But before you think that I'm bragging, again, I'm not bragging. Just remember that gangs have leaders too, okay? (laughs) So it's very possible that by me teaching my children to not give up, that might sometimes actually leak over into things that they should have given up on, like, you know, sassing me or thinking that they can do things their way when this is my house or complaining about our house rules. You get the picture. But back to the situation with my son. He's currently at a voluntary military camp, and by voluntary, I mean I volunteered him. His commanding officer called it voluntold. This is not a correctional facility. It's a leadership development, real-life military camp, very similar, like I said, to what an enlisted person would encounter, only this time I'm paying for it. The government is not paying him. Yeah, let me let that sink in for just a minute. (laughs) 
<laughs> but in order for him to stay, he has to be a willing participant. It's sort of like choosing to walk the plank on a pirate ship. And funny now that I even use that analogy because within the first 36 hours of when we dropped him off at that boot camp portion is where the new recruits meet their drill sergeants. And they're all in your face, like hollering at you. You don't sleep. You can't eat fast enough. You don't do anything right. That little situation is actually called shark attack. So I'm sitting here talking about willingly walking off the plank of a pirate ship into shark attack. Y'all, that... That analogy, that's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> but when we first made the official announcement that Parker would be at Extreme Military Challenge this summer, so many well-meaning friends reached out telling us how proud they were of him, but that their son could never complete a program like that. Why would a parent say that? Why would they count their kid out before the question was even asked? Now, I know what they were really meaning to say is that their son would never willingly agree to something like that. Because let's be honest, my son is no more capable, no more special than their son. My son did not find this program himself and beg that we would enroll him. The difference is, is that we did not give Parker a choice. We, as his parents, took an assessment of his character, discussed with him the areas in his life that needed development, and we explained to him that this program was the best shot at getting that done. We did not need his permission to use his summer vacation in this way. If we would have given him a choice, he absolutely would have chosen football two-a-days over being yelled at by a drill sergeant because his bed isn't being made, made correctly. But guess what? I bet I don't have to get on to him ever again about making his bed in the mornings. And those football two-a-days, that's going to be waiting on him when he gets back home. No kid is ever going to willingly choose that type of discipline path for themselves. My husband and I are both very much into personal development. My husband in particular likes to send me podcast episodes to listen to. Y'all, I sort of think it's the same as like listening to a sermon and elbowing your spouse because you know the pastor's talking to them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The pastor gets to talking about something and all you can do is think about who all his topic applies to. <laughs> well, in this particular case, Justin, my husband, was certainly on target by sending me Craig Rochelle's podcast, The Art of Energy Management. That's what it's called. Craig Rochelle, you spell his name G-R-O-E-S-C-H-E-L, The Art of Energy Management. As a stay-at-home mom, I certainly put a great deal of my energy into raising tiny people who do not have fully developed frontal lobes. And even if you're not a mom who's with their kids 24-7 like I am, I know that you want to be sure that the energy that you do give them is effective to produce the adult version that you envision for them. We're not raising seven-year-olds. We're raising humans that might be seven years old today, but they're going to be adults forever. What we teach them at two years old, and eight years old, and 14 years old, those things become part of who they will be as adults. So, I mean, are you allowing your child to be codependent on you now? Then do not be surprised when they are codependent on you as an adult. And we all know that this is not a good look for a 30-year-old man. So being consciously aware of when and where we put our parental energy becomes all that more important. And I'm so glad that my husband sent that podcast to me because he knows that sometimes I need to manage my energy a little bit better. Like most adolescent boys, my son has some maturing to do that includes taking more personal responsibility and accountability for his own actions at home and at school. By large, we are seeing less kids getting summer jobs less kids having their own money to buy that thing that they want. 
They're, they're not using their own cash to put gas in a car or to take their girlfriend on a date. Instead, they're at home in the air-conditioned house playing video games until the next travel baseball game. We see kids telling parents all the time what they will and will not do, and then the parents actually obey the kids. We see kids wearing better clothes and better shoes than their parents, driving better cars than their parents at 16 years old, all bought with the parents' money. I could certainly go on and on with the entitlement scenarios, but you might be tempted to tune me out or literally turn me off. My point with this is, our kids have the cards stacked against them already to begin with when it comes to maturing during adolescence because it is not culturally normal to take personal responsibility or be accountable for anything as a teenager. This, I do know. I'm only responsible for raising my own kids, just like you are only responsible for raising your own kids. But dang it, I mean, don't you want to look at your kids and know that they're good humans and that you had something to do with that? This current age that we're living in, though, is not producing good humans on its own. Left to the world of immediate gratification, comfort, and lack of discipline, if we do not take a counterculture stance for our kids, we're going to look up and only have the average sum of what we have allowed to influence them. We, as parents, need to take some of that best energy that we give to other things in our life and apply that to our own homes. Yes, it is absolutely a time sucker to check behind your child to be sure he put his own clothing away properly. Or it gets super annoying having to repeatedly ask him to re-mow the yard because he miss, missed a bunch of spots. But y'all, we as leaders of our own household must hold our own children to the standards that we know their future employees will expect if they're to keep a thriving career one day. For us, with our son, that counterculture stand included sending him to a program that less than 1% of boys his age even complete. My husband and I are serious about raising up leaders who will outlead us, outperform us, and outshine us. Our hope is that our children's love for others and pursuit of purpose makes the things that we've ever done look like diluted, dirty water in comparison. But that's not going to happen by accident. Not anymore, anyway. Kids are not figuring out life on bicycles, in the woods, by themselves, like we did when we were growing up. The term helicopter mom, yeah, that's a real thing. Hovering around our preciouses, making sure that they're comfortable at all times, yeah, that's created weak adolescents. Therefore, they will become weak adults. We as a society have made it too easy to grab a video game console or an iPhone app or a fast food hamburger instead of shooting a real basketball outside or literally having a friend over to build an actual fort. Oh my goodness, learn how to follow a recipe and cook an entire meal. Just saying those things out loud makes me nervous for thinking that I've probably just offended about 85% of our listeners because, I mean, haven't we all, I mean, me included, been guilty from time to time of allowing our kids to press the easy button because we as leaders in our own world are so busy and it's just easier to let them sit in front of the TV as the babysitter instead of putting our foot down on screen time junk food, and behaviors that our own grandmothers would be appalled at. So my son is at military camp right now. He gets up at 5.30 a.m., runs two miles before breakfast, and he starts his day by 8 o'clock, and it includes crazy stuff like jumping into water fully clothed and blindfolded. I'd be shocked, though, if he does not walk away from this entire experience not wanting to join the military at 18 years old. He thrives in a militant environment, knowing the bar is high, and there is zero tolerance for anything less than his best. The tough part for me, though, as his mom is going to be adhering to that same standard that he's been thriving under this past month. 
Will I personally be able to be disciplined enough to continue holding him accountable at home when everything around me is telling him to let him be little? He can work like that when he's an adult. If he's hungry, let him eat what he wants. It's too hot outside. It's better if the housekeeper does it. Y'all, it's easy to be average. Just do what everybody else is doing. But I did not wake up only to be average. You were not created to be average, and you know that your child was not either. But that's exactly what we're going to get if that's all we're putting into them and expecting out of them. If you're comparing your child to the neighbor's child, average. If you're making sure that your child looks like the other kids at school, average. If you're concerned that your child fits in with the popular crowd, average. If you let your child give up when it gets tough, average. Average is easy. Average is a very low bar set by people who, quite frankly, do not have your family's best interest at heart. What if you and your spouse sat down literally tonight and had a for real transparent conversation about what sort of adult you want your child to be at 30 years old? More than likely, you do not want them to be insecure, unhealthy, codependent, and anxiety-ridden. You want them to be confident, healthy, and independent. Those are large picture words. I get it. Literally, throw out some adjectives that you want to describe your child as an adult. Kind, strong, motivated, empowered, resilient. Those are just some of the words that we use in our house. Your words may be very different, and that's totally okay. The how you get to where you want them to be, that's where you get to be creative in your parenting. Just because we chose military camp does not in the least suggest that you need to do the same. That's just how we felt our son in particular would become confident, healthy, and independent based upon his personality. So what sorts of behaviors are you allowing either consciously or unconsciously that do not support the kind of adult that you want your child to be? You are probably doing a lot of things right too, simply because you're modeling for them what a quality leader looks like day to day. But be honest with yourself and the adjectives that you've listed. Does your everyday parenting steer your child in the direction of those adjectives or is it steering them towards something totally different? You know that anything worth having never comes easy. And if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And all we have to do is take a walk down the aisle of any grocery store at 5.30 in the afternoon to realize too many people are taking the easy route and it is our children that ultimately suffer. And in my personal opinion, it is worth the effort to disconnect the electronics and force them to enjoy real life, even when it gives them blisters on their hands. Because honestly, when was the last time that you got out of the way and just let your child figure it out for themselves? Do not feel compelled to set up one more private lesson before the big game or to get one more tutor to the house before the big exam. You literally let their best effort be enough, even if it comes up short. Your kids are amazing. They will figure it out if you will let them. They will find satisfaction in being uncomfortable for the sake of victory, even if the only victory they accomplish is simply finishing. Failing at something small like not making the cheer squad or making a D on that science fair project, that's part of the process of figuring out for next time when the stakes are higher. Progress over perfection, mama. My friend Allison, she came over today and she was telling me about a book that she's reading and she loves. It's called The Conscious Parent by Shafali Tesbari. It's S-H-E-F-A-L-I, last name T-S-A-B-A-R-Y. It is about transforming ourselves to empower our children. Too many times we pass our own issues to our children and inadvertently create the exact thing that we were trying to avoid. 
being consciously aware of why we do what we're doing is so powerful. It might be cute and feel good to have the security of your child sleeping in the bed with you because you yourself have security issues that you need to work out. But that is not in the best interest of the child in any form or fashion. And that's just one of many examples that parents unconsciously with zero ill intent create an insecure child that later becomes an insecure adult. We have to be sure that we're parenting consciously with the end in mind at all times. We're disciplined enough to train for a half marathon, but not disciplined enough to throw away the toddler's pacifier. We're organized enough to prep our own meals, but yet we end up running through the drive through because Boo Boo Precious won't eat that. We log in continuing ed hours for our jobs, but when was the last time you took an online course for parenting the elementary age child? We go to conferences that teach us the next marketing sales strategies, but when was the last time you were attending a parent conference? We do so many things that grow our economic or status influence or that benefit us personally, all while the main game is happening under our own roof. I truly believe that if we as parents could confidently embrace our place as leaders in our own household the way that we do in other areas of our life, we could turn this entitlement train around. Our kids do not need us as their friends. They need us as their parents. And I'm here to tell you, when you parent your kids now, they will want to be your friend later. And because you did not raise a codependent adult, you will actually want to be their friend too. 